0: I'll be taking my scripture from the book of Hebrews, chapter 3. We're going to start at verse 12. Hebrews 3, verse 12. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. If we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end, while it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation for some, when they had heard did provoke, how be it not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved 40 years, was it not with them that had sinned? whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believed not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. We want to mix hearing and faith. That's what I get out of the last part of that. Let's start with hearing. Parents and teachers, we all want our want the children to listen. And there's many different ways of hearing. You've heard of selective hearing, yes? Yeah. I, I, you see that a lot. So select that they hear the voice. That's about it. They know you're talking. They hear you're talking. It's kind of like the Charlie Brown cartoons. It's actually very offensive to me that the teacher sounds like wah, 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 wah. That's all you hear. There's no words. And that's kind of to make an indication that the kids didn't hear a word the teacher said most of the time. Uh, That's hurtful. But anyway, I'll get over it. So you can hear a voice and not hear a word. And then sometimes you, you, maybe you'll ask, you know, did you hear what I said? And they might even repeat a word or two that they did hear, but there's no meaning. So they, they get some of it, but not enough of it. We want to get all of it. When we're in these, when we're in church or when we're, uh, reading God's Word, or when we're even among our friends or uh, and, and talk about the Lord, or we're in Sunday school, or wherever it might be, we want to hear all of it. Uh, and not only do we want to hear the voice or the words, we want to understand the meaning. Uh, that's what gets us somewhere. And that's where faith can come up and make a difference. This scripture is referring to the opportunity that the children of Israel had to go into the promised land. And we know um, what happened. I'm going to go ahead and go to Deuteronomy just real quickly here. Moses is uh, recounting what happened in Deuteronomy 1. I'm just going to read two verses, 1 verse 20 and 21. This is Moses speaking. And I, and I said unto you, ye are coming to the mountain of the Amorites, which the Lord our God doth give unto us. Behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers has said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. They had an opportunity. They sent spies. We know the story. They sent spies. Spies come back. Two of them are ready to go, and the rest say, No, we can't, and everyone sides with the many instead of the two. But the land was promised. They didn't get the meaning. They heard the words. And it meant nothing to them. If it did, they would have acted on it. Faith, with faith, there's action behind it. And if they would have believed that that promise was for them they would have not just strolled into the promised land, they would have seized the opportunity. And they would have expelled the residents that lived there and would have claimed that as their own. Because God said it was theirs. We have a lot to learn from that. James admonishes us to be doers and not hearers only. It is good to hear it. It's good to understand it. But what will we do with it? That is the question. When people heard about Jesus, they didn't just go, well, that's nice. They flocked to Him. They looked for Him. They sought Him out. They did everything they could to get near to Him, to speak to Him, to talk to Him. We're going to do a little stroll through the scriptures here. We know these people that we're about to read about knew what Jesus could do. They'd heard it and they wanted him to do something for them. They didn't sit in their house waiting for him to show up. They went out and sought him out. So we're going to get into the book of Luke, shall we? Book of Luke. We're gonna start at chapter five. Sorry, it's gonna take me a minute here. Okay, chapter five, and we're gonna start at verse eighteen. I hate it when I forget to mark something. All right. That felt like five minutes to me. And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in and to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and led him down through the tiling with his couch into the midst before Jesus. Action. They found Jesus. Now how do we get to Him? They couldn't use the conventional way, so we'll find another way. Nothing was going to stop them. Let's tear the roof off. There's an idea. And they lowered Him in. And what Jesus says next is important for us to hear. And when He saw their faith... Not the men on the bed. The men who broke the tiles down. When he saw their faith, he said unto him, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. Amen? Now, isn't it interesting that he says thy sins are forgiven thee first. He was making a point to the scribes and Pharisees, of course. They had a lot to say about what he just said. So he said, well, if, you know, how about I just tell him he can stand up and walk then? So he did that too. It was their faith. We, we can lift each other up when we pray one for another. It's like we're tearing the roof down for each other. When may, maybe someone is to, in, a, in a position where they don't feel like they can pray. We can do it for them. Luke seven Verse thirty-six And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him and he went into the Pharisees' house and sat down to meet. And behold a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment stood at his feet behind him, weeping and began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. A sinner enters a Pharisee's house. Unbelievable. Why would you do that? Because Jesus is there. That's why. She came to find Jesus. She didn't care where He was. If that's where He is, that's where I'm going. And she got to hear the Pharisees say a lot of things about her. She put up with it. Let's go to verse 44 and see what Jesus had to say. And He turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house... Thou gavest me no water for my feet. I came to your house, and you didn't even give me water for my feet. And that's the custom of the day. But she hath washed my feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. Amen? Oh, I've done too much. The Lord can't do anything for me. Yes, He can. If your sins are many, they are forgiven. If you come to Him and believe like she did, Let's go to verse eight or chapter eight of Luke. I wanted to keep it in the same book so we weren't turning too much. Eight forty-three. No, let's go back. Eight forty-one. And behold, there came a man named Jair- Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house, for he had one only daughter about 12 years of age and she lay dying but as he went the people thronged him we'll leave it there for a minute 43 and a woman having an issue of blood 12 years which has spent all all of her living upon physicians neither could be healed of any came behind him and touched the border of his garment and immediately her issue of blood staunched and jesus said who touched me We all know this, many of us know the story. The disciples say, What do you mean who touched you? Everyone's touching you. How, what do you mean who touched you? Someone touched him that believed. Someone had a purpose to be in that crowd who was not supposed to be in that crowd, by the way. Shouldn't have been there. And not only that, she's going against the grain, so to speak and working against the crowd to just get to him. Who touched me? Verse 47. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him and how she was immediately healed. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy thy faith hath made thee whole, go in peace. She sought him, and she believed. And her faith not only healed her, made her whole. He forgave her. Now let's remember Jairus. This, This is the part about this story that gets me. Jairus already asked for Jesus to do something, and Jesus got interrupted and took care of someone else first. Let's remember he's a ruler of the synagogue too. Shouldn't he get priority? No? Well then we go to, um, verse 49 then. While he yet spake, there cometh one of the ruler, run from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, thy daughter is dead. So, Jesus is trying to get to his house. This woman interrupts the progress. Along with the crowd, and now his daughter's dead. Now what? But when Jesus heard it, he answered saying, Fear not, believe only. That's important. Believe only. You came and you found me, and you asked me to help your daughter. Believe only and she shall be made whole. So they, they went forth, and verse 52, all wept and bewailed her. But he said, Weep not, she is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. Quite an interesting story. You have a delay, then it's too late, and then people start mocking. There's a lot going on there. So he put them all out, took her by the hand, and called, saying, "Of maid, arise. And her spirit came again, and she rose straightway. There's this song about Jesus always being on time. He's always on time. Just when we think that it's too late. It's not too late. When we come to the Lord and we're asking for something, and we're looking to Him, and we believe He'll do it, He'll always be on time. He'll always come through. Chapter 17. I'm going to start at 11. And it came to pass as He went to Jerusalem that He passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off, which was the appropriate thing to do in that day. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he, and when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. That's exciting. He didn't have to touch him. He just says, go. It's done. One came back, though. I want, to, I want to focus on the one. One came back. We're going to start at 14. Actually, 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet giving him thanks and he was a Samaritan a Gentile he didn't believe the same as the Jews in fact he was hated by the Jews so it's important that this is brought up here and Jesus answered saying "We're not ten cleansed but where are the nine they are not found that return to give glory to God save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Amen? Thankfulness. What will that get you? A little praise in your heart. What will that get you? You know, we're here in church... You don't have to look for the Lord. He's here. You already found him. You're in the right place. Sometimes we talk about seeking the Lord at the altars, and I understand what we're trying to say, but he's already there. You found him. You don't need to look for him. He's there. Just draw near. Tell him what you need. Pour out your heart to him. Tell him what's wrong. Tell let him know that you have a vision for the gospel and you want to do more for him. Just be frank with him. he's there. you don't have to look for him. You don't have to cry out to him like he's not there. He's here. We're two or three sometimes you know it's just we, we can some we don't see him. we don't see him, but we're human oh he's he's here. He's been here the whole time. Two or three are gathered together in my name. There am I in their midst. What a simple formula. They came to Jesus. They sought Him. They found Him. And they believed Him. What more do we need to do? It works. It works. Why do we make it so hard? Why why do we do that? Circumstances. Well, this and that, this, this, this happened, and then this, that. The conditions that we might be in, it's been so long, the time. That's all out of our control. We can't change that. But that's in the past. Tonight's tonight. It's a new day. We have now. Brother Ed brought up the last one I wanted to bring up last Sunday, and I wrestled with whether I should bring it up tonight. And I think I will. It feels like I need to. It's in Mark, and it's chapter 9. And I, what I, in my heart, I look back at when I got saved. And I, I really did not know how to pray. I did not know what it would take. I did not know what would happen or if it would happen or if it could happen for me. But I finally got to a point where I would pray. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if God's even going to hear me. But I'm hearing if I pray, something will. And so I did. And when I I read this account of this man... It reminds me of me. Now, he's praying for his son. But this could really apply to anything. It's Mark chapter 9. I'm going to start at 14. This is a little way. I'm going long here. I'm sorry. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. Again, many coming, thronging Jesus. And he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered, and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples, that they could cast him out, and they could not." Couple of verses down to twenty. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowing wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, How long? And the dad answered, Of a child. And he describes a little more. And then Jesus in the 23rd verse. If thou canst believe, all things are possible. The father cried out. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. He loved his child. He would do anything for him, and nothing worked. And now he's brought him to Jesus, and Jesus says, "If you believe," and he's afraid he—that's not going to be enough either. I don't have enough faith. Maybe I don't have enough. Lord, I believe. Help them. I don't believe. What a prayer. What a prayer! Are you seeking the Lord tonight? He's here. You've found Him. Are you not sure how to pray? Lord, help thou mine unbelief. You've been you've been looking to the Lord for an experience. Lord, help thou mine unbelief. If you feel you like you can't, don't have the faith, then ask the Lord to help you. Sometimes. One of the biggest hindrances is we look at everyone, what, all the problems other people have, and we look at ours and we minimize it. Oh, my problem's not near as bad as theirs. It's not. It's not important enough for me to ask the Lord to help me about that. Are you kidding? He wants to help you, no matter what it is. Don't minimize what's what's affecting you. Give it to the Lord. He'll help you. He wants to do it. I'm going to end with one more thing. A lot of this was about healing. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. You We have an opportunity tonight. You have found the Lord. He is here. He is ready to answer the prayer of your heart tonight. The song is 488. Won't you come and pray?